0: Bismillah كثيرا. my brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you today about one of the great sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu Sayyidina Khabbab ibn al-Arat, radiyallahu Anhu. He was a slave ...of a woman named Umm Ammar. Now, don't confuse this name with uh, Sayyidah Umm Ammara... who was one of the great uh, Sahabiyat from the Ansar. Uh, This Umm Ammar was uh, one of the women of the Quraysh... ...in Makkah. And she was a very uh, evil woman. Uh, She was the uh, sister... Of, uh, uh, of of uh, Siba, uh, her brother was uh, his his name was uh, uh, Siba Abduluzza, ibn Abduluzza, and uh, he was one of the kufar of uh, Makkah, one of the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, how this happened was that uh, he was sold in the market slave market of Makkah. This woman went; she wanted to get a, a servant so she went to buy a, a slave she saw uh, Sayyidina Khabbab and she saw that he was strong and healthy and uh, he had an intelligent face and uh, she bought him and on the way home she said uh, she asked him she said what's your name he said my name is Khabbab uh, what's your father's name he said Al Arath so, And uh, she said, uh, where are you from? He said, from the Najds. She said, then you are Arab. He said, yes, I am from the Banu Tamim. Uh, So she said, then how did you, uh, how were you sold as a slave? How did you get into the hands of the slave dealers in Makkah? So he said, well, uh, one of the Arab tribes uh, raided our lands and they took our cattle and they captured women and children. And. I was among the youth that were captured and I was passed from hand to hand until I ended up in Makkah. Now, this lady, she placed him as an apprentice to one of the blacksmiths of Makkah to learn the art of making swords. Now, Khabab Radilanu learned that very quickly and uh, he became an expert at making swords and he became very famous. Uh, in Makkah and in Arabia for his excellent craftsmanship, for being a, a fantastic and a great sword maker. And also people liked to deal with him because he was a man of integrity and honesty and he had, you know, good manners and he was cheerful and so on. This woman in the, in the process um, became wealthy because she exploited his talents and he would do the work and she would make the money and uh, so she became very wealthy thanks to the uh, effort and the, uh, the, the the work of Khabab ibn al-Alat. Now, Khabab was a, was a very uh, reflective and uh, he was very he was a very intelligent human being. And so obviously he was very reflective and he thought a lot. And he uh, was appalled at the situation of, uh, of the people of Makkah A society which was completely like mindless—you know, people just immersed in themselves, in in personal pleasure, uh, in all forms of of, uh, all kinds and forms of excesses and And, addictions—and so he he used to think about this, and he used to think, you know, what a uh, what what a pointless kind of life uh, these people are uh, are 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 leading. Now, after uh, while this was happening. Uh, Khabab then uh, heard about Rasulullah Sallallahu, and uh, he heard the message of Muhammad Sallallahu, and he immediately um, he immediately accepted Islam. Khabab bin Arat عنه, was one of the first ten people to accept Islam, so he went and met Rasulullah and he uh, made bayah uh, with uh, Rasulullah wa Sallam. And he, as I said, he was one of the first ten people. Now he did not hide his Islam from anybody, even though in those days uh, Rasulullah wa Sallam had advised the Sahaba to uh, not to proclaim their Islam for safety reasons. But Khabab didn't do that. He um, he he didn't hide it. So this woman, his uh, slave owner Ummar, Umma she heard about this and she told her brother Siba bin Abdul who gathered his own gang of his supporters and he went to Khabab and he said uh, we have heard some news about you which we don't want to believe so Khabab said uh, what is the news he said uh, we have been told that you gave up your religion and that now you follow the man from Banu Hashim uh, and that's Nabi Sallam. So said I have not given up my religion my religion is that I believe that there is only one God. There is only Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, and He has no partner. And that Muhammad, sallallahu is the Abd and the Rasul of Allah, of Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala. And I reject your idols. I don't. I do not uh, accept those idols. So immediately they fell upon him and they beat him with with their with whatever they could find with their with their fists fists and they kicked him and they beat him with iron bars and so on from his own uh, blacksmithy, until he uh, was covered in blood and he was knocked unconscious and he fell on the ground. Now, news of this, of course, spread to the whole of Makkah and uh, the fact that Khabbab R.A. openly announced Islam and the Quraysh were very angry about this. And unfortunately, Khabab uh, did not have any uh, supporters. There was no asabiyyah, there was no tribal loyalty, and there was no tribe to protect him. And uh, so the Quraysh took out their, all their anger on him. Um, so they, you know, how can this slave be so daring as to accept Islam and not even to hide it? So what they used to do was they used to torture him, and they used to invent new ways of torturing him. So one of the ways that they would do is they would they put him in in uh, uh, in steel armor, in uh, in, in um, and and then it, they would take him to uh, the desert and they would uh, throw him on the ground uh, w- with only his armor. There is no clothes under that. Just just his just that armor they would put on him iron armor and they would put him on the ground and in the intense heat his skin would become seared would become like you know burnt and he would eventually he would lose consciousness and then they would throw some water on him and when he regained consciousness they would say what do you say about muhammad and khabab bin ala was to say he is the abd of allah and the Rasul of allah and he came with a religion of guidance and truth to lead us from darkness into light." And then they would beat him up again and so on. And uh, Then they would say, what do you say about Allah and Aluzza? These are the, the two idols they used to worship. And he used to say that these are two idols, they are deaf and dumb and they cannot cause any harm and they cannot bring any benefit. And again, the same thing would continue. One of the things they devised to um, uh, to punish him was that they would heat up a bed of coals, just like you do in a barbecue, you know, they, they light fire and uh, let the fire, uh, the flames rise high and heat the coal and then the, f- the flames would die down. And that's not because the fire is cool, but because now the fire is so intensely hot that there are no flames anymore, just the red hot coals. And they would take off his, uh, his clothes and they would put him on his back on that bed of coals. And Chabadelano said that the coals the fire would cool with my fat and my blood, his body, his fat would melt, and his skin would be gone, and his, and with his blood the the fire melted. I imagine you no know, this all of this talk is easy. Uh, I talk and you listen to me, and you know we just go home, maybe we shed a few tears. what is what about the people who actually felt this? And that's the reason why their their iman was so strong because it, it went through this literally baptism by fire kind of thing where they um, they suffered and the only reason they suffered was because they were true to their faith they need not have suffered all of these people all they needed to do was just accept what the Quraysh was saying and say sorry we I made a mistake I should not have become Muslim I'm not a Muslim anymore uh, I have left my i my I'm, I've left this religion I'm back on my idol worship and they would be let they would have been let loose they would have been freed now to the extent that they could have done this legally within islam they could have done this just to escape these tortures okay. and just to escape the uh, the life-threatening things that they were doing to them and then they could have gone back to islam in the case of ammar bin yasir this is what he did and then he came to me he said "Ya this is what i did i just couldn't bear the pain uh, but uh, so, what do, do I am I still a Muslim? Rasulullah said, When you were saying this, that I am recanting and I am leaving Islam, what was in your heart? He said, In, Islam, in my heart there was Islam. I did not leave Islam. I just told them that. Nabi said, No problem, you are fine. But imagine the same place of Amar bin Yasser where he, was his mother uh, Umayyah, uh, his mother uh, Sumayya. Uh, Bint Khayyat and there was his father, uh, Yasir, And they did not do that. They went through, they 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 uh, they, they bore the torture, and then they both were were shaheed, right? Now I'm not comparing and saying so and so is uh, bigger and or smaller. I'm saying that this is what Khabab, Khabab Bilal bin Rabah All of these people who were being tortured, they could have got out of that, but they did not. They remained firm, and they did not even give up their religion, even for an instance, no matter what kind of torture they had been put to. Khawab lived long. He participated in the Battle of, uh, of Badr. He participated in Uhud. And in Uhud, he saw, uh, he had the satisfaction of seeing Sibabin Abdul Uzza being killed at the hands of Hamza bin Abdul muttalib uh, one of the things, the, one of the ways they used to torture him, this woman, what she would do was she would take a red hot iron and she would put it on his head. And with the pain of that, he would lose consciousness, he would faint. That's how she used to torture him. Now, when all of this was happening, Khabab Ardil used to make dua and he'd say, Oh Allah, punish them. He used to say, Oh Allah, come out to them and punish them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his dua. And he saw Siba. Uh, being killed by Hamza bin, uh, bin Abdul Muttalib and he, this woman who was to torture him with his red hot iron on his head, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave her some disease, where she was in intense suffering, and then she would get these uh, migraines, she would get these headaches, which were absolutely debilitating. It was like her head was bursting, and the only relief, temporary relief, she got was through counter pain when she would ask somebody to take a red hot iron and brand her on the head with it so they would take a red hot iron and put it and they would put it on her head and with the pain of that she would lose consciousness but she would be relieved from the uh, from the headache and then she got she regained consciousness and the headache would come back now, that is imagine she used to torture him and allah made it such that she used to ask people to do to her what she used to do to Khaba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive and Allah does not leave people who uh, who trouble his awliya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes the enemy of those who trouble his awliya who lived a long life he par- he as i told you participated uh, in the ghazwat of rasulullah SAW. then he remained uh, he saw he, he he saw the expansion of the uh, khilafa rashida uh, under Abu Bakr, Omar, Osman and Ali, radiAllahu anhu ajmaeen And uh, he uh, he saw all the good that happened with Islam. He saw the wealth coming into Islam. One day, during the khilafah of Umar bin al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhu, uh, he went to meet him and Sayyidina Umar, radiAllahu anhu, stood up to greet him. And he said that no one is more deserving than you to be in this assembly other than Bilal, radiyallahu anhu. Uh, then he asked Khabab Radlanu about the torture. And Khabab uh, bin Arat Radlanu, he lifted up his shirt and exposed his back. And Sayyidina Umar said, I have never in my life seen a back like that. Because he said his back was completely deeply scarred with the um, with the burning of those coals and so on that was done to him. He said, I have never in my life seen a, a back like that. In the last parts of part of his life, Khabar Adelanu was blessed with wealth and such like, like he was never, he wouldn't have dreamt of that kind of wealth. And uh, what he would do was that he, when he got these ranima uh, and so on, uh, he used to get, at one time he got 80,000 dirham. Uh, he would place them in one part of his house and let it know, let it be known to the poor and the needy. That they, and that the money was there, it was theirs. It, it was not secured. There is no door lock on the door, and he would tell people just come and take what you want. And he did not use the money. He would he would just give everything away in uh, in charity. Uh, one day he was uh, he was he was weeping. So they asked him. I said, Why do you why are you weeping? What happened? He said, I weep because my companions have passed away and they did not obtain any such reward in this world. They did not get all this wealth in the world. They passed away i have lived on and i have acquired this wealth and i fear that this will be the only reward i will get and allah will god will not give me reward when i meet him as soon after he passed away said in ali Rabbi Talib, he was the khalifa he he prayed the janazah on him and he stood at his grave and he said may allah subhanahu ta'ala have mercy on khabab he accepted islam wholeheartedly he performed Hijra willingly and he lived as a Mujahid, and Allah shall not withhold the reward of the one who has done good. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to truly emulate these beautiful examples that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to teach us uh, from the from the blessed life of his Rasul Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa, wa, wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala to be uh, pleased uh, with uh, all of you and never to be displeased. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, help us to do that which is pleasing to him and to save us from anything that does not please him.